If you'll take your Bibles and go with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Uh, I would love to tell you that I spent lots of time preparing this message today, but I did not. Um, and as the service progresses in a little bit, you'll probably have a better understanding of that. But I do want to say that I've titled this message, Keep in Step with the Spirit, because we live in a world that is full of voices, full of difficult things, full of temptation, and full of difficulty. And it's important that we learn how to walk in the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. And when I talk about the desires of the flesh and what the Scriptures talk about, it's not just talking about some of the things we might think about. But keeping in step with the Spirit talks to us about keeping your control in a difficult situation, right? And being Spirit-led in all that you say and do. And so I want us to go to Galatians 5, and let's stand together one more time in honor of the reading of God's Word. Galatians 5, verses 16 through 26. So the Bible says, So I say, walk by the Spirit. And notice this emphatic phrase. Walk in the Spirit and you will what? You will not gratify the desires of the flesh there are promises in God's word that gives us what we need when we need it and if we'll walk according to God's word and according to his plan in all of our life God will give us what we need through the Holy Spirit so that we do not submit to the gratification of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality. What is sexual morality? Sexual morality is all sexual action outside of the confines of of the marriage of one man and one woman. And it all comes under that. So the acts of the flesh, or sexual morality, impurity, debauchery. Debauchery is living a life of, of drunkenness and excess and all kinds of other things. Idolatry. Idolatry is is a sin that I think is probably most prevalent in the world today than it's probably ever been. Because a lot of people think that idolatry is where you have to worship some graven image or some idol. But you know, you can idolize people. You can idolize athletes. You can idolize entertainers. Pastors. Your own children your money, your job. 
So idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. You know, there are times that I've heard over the years people say, well, that's just the way God made me. God didn't make you to where it's okay for you to have fits of rage. It's not okay. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, and notice what it says, those who live like this, those who practice this as their lifestyle, this list that's here, that's because you don't have Christ in you, because if you had Christ in you, you wouldn't be living like this. It's not to say that you don't have moments of selfishness, or you don't have moments maybe of idolatry, or you don't have a moment of, a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of losing your temper, a fit of rage, or what have you. you can, those things happen from time to time. We do succumb to temptation and sin. However, it's saying you can't live that way. You're not going to continue to live that way if you're a Christian. And those who live that way will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Thus the title. We live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. And let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Father, would you give me the words that need to be heard today? And we're going to trust you with this message. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. <clears throat> so how do we keep in step with the Spirit? Notice, I think I'm known for just pulling out a point that's right there in the Scripture and not trying to be cute. And here's the point. How do we keep in step with the Spirit? Number one, we do not gratify the desires of the flesh. It's a battle to live in this life. It's a battle to overcome hatred, jealousy, unforgiveness. It's a battle to overcome addictions. It's hard. And it's not easy. But the Bible gives us a promise that if you have received Christ, you have everything in Christ Jesus which is mighty in God for pulling down strongholds in your life. And you do it with the Word of God because Jesus, the Bible, Paul said himself, he said that that we take down every argument that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, and we do it by the Word of God. And Jesus did it Himself by making a public spectacle of them in such that, you know, death would overcome Him, but yet He overcame the grave. <clears throat> and so God will give you and me what we need if we want to live that way. Not to gratify the desires of flesh. So, <clears throat> I came up with this acrostic. I, I heard it years and years ago. And I wanted you to, uh, to see it. It's the word halt. Okay? So, how do you overcome desires of the flesh? 
that rage within us, we all struggle with it from time to time. And here, here are three, uh, four words actually, four words in this word halt that has helped me out throughout my life. So you need to be aware of your spiritual hunger. Be careful when you're hungry for something. When you're hungering for the wrong things, that's when you and I are prime targets for Satan to come after us and get a foothold when you're hungry. The other thing is when you're angry. The Bible says that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And we need to be very, very careful that we don't respond in our anger. And so when you're angry, maybe you feel like something's been done to you. You've been wronged. You've been falsely accused of something. You've been pointed out for something. Or something has happened and you're angry. Let your anger be a sign that you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to the desires of the flesh. You are. I am. We all are. And so when we're hungry, when we're angry, when we're lonely... You feel like nobody's behind you, nobody's with you. That's the biggest lie that Satan will tell you. That you're all alone in this life. Nobody understands what you're going through. Nobody's been through a hard time, just you. And the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what he wants to do to you and to me. And he'll do it in the loneliness of our heart. So let your loneliness... Be a flashing yellow light to you that you're, you're vulnerable. And when you're tired, when you're tired. <laughs> this week I had, had a chance to paint the Newberry Field. Y'all know it's not, it's not fall yet. It, it, it's just not fall. It's hot. And you can try to convince yourself in the morning like I do of the nice little breeze the lower humidity and then you look and you say well the high today is going to be 94 and you're at a point where you're just sick of it all and so on Wednesday before daylight I got started I'm not saying that for you to say look at me look at me I'm just saying we painted we did everything I tried, tried to get as much in as I could that day because we thought it might rain on Thursday and so I came to church late I got home just in time take a shower thankfully, and, um, and come here. And somebody approached me with something, and it's a legitimate concern. And, you know, just bringing it to my attention, and I just respectfully told that person, and she might be in, in the building here, so you, you'll recall that conversation. And I totally agree with, with her on, on her point of view, but I said, listen, I'm tired. And she goes, I know you're tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I can't, I can't think right now. So just keep that in mind. We get tired. And when we get tired, we get tired in, 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 in living this life. It opens us up to vulnerability. And so this word halt, stop, stop, halt, think, evaluate. Are you hungry for something? Are you, are you searching and hungering for, for the meaning of life? Are you hungering and thirsting for a relationship? Are you, you know, be careful who you connect with. 
Are you angry about something? Are you angry? <laughs> Give you another example. It seems that, uh, you know, I've got a little side hustle going on. We, uh, we, uh, we rent out, several of us in, our, in, our, in the church rent out our campers. A couple of our guys got me uh, tuned into that. And um, I'm, I'm going to confess something to you, okay? I have issues with delivering my camper to Jenny Springs. These two cats down here, they don't. They're like, we never have problems. And listen, when I know i got to make a delivery to Gen Jenny Springs, it seems like everything goes wrong that day with getting the camper ready, get, I mean, on and on and on. And I figured it out. The reason is that by the time I get to Jenny Springs, I'm already out of patience. I'm already aggravated. I'm already angry. And so when something just doesn't go right, I'm messed up in my mind and heart, right? You know what I'm saying? And so <clears throat> this week I took a different approach. Bad things were still happening to me. Blown out tire, all kinds of stuff. But I took a different approach. I said, I'm going to go with a great attitude. And if i got to wait in line behind 150 people just so they can give me permission to go drop my camper off, I'll do it. And I got there, got in, and got out, no problem at all. Isn't that amazing? So use the word halt <clears throat> when you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, when you're, when you're tired. Because when these four things are going on in our lives, maybe just one of them, maybe a combination of several of them, or maybe all of them, you and I are vulnerable to giving in to the flesh. To giving in to these types of sinful behaviors. But let me give you a second thing. And that is this. When you keep in step with the Spirit, it produces life-changing fruit in you. In you. It starts in you. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, meaning patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Against such there is no law. These things are available to all of us, to you, to me, to everybody in this building who are Christians. We, are, we have right before us this beautiful fruit that God wants to produce in your life and in my life. Life-changing fruit. See, He wants to exchange in your heart and life Hatred for love. Anxiety for joy. Turmoil for peace. Impatience at Jenny Springs for forbearance. <laughs> Ugliness, meaning having an ugly spirit for kindness. and so forth and so on. Gentleness and self-control. I want to give you one last thing. Keep in step with the Spirit. Notice an interesting thing here. In verse 26 it says, Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. There's the answer. 
There's the answer for relationships. There it is. You walk in the Spirit. God begins to produce life-changing fruit in you, inside of you. And as He begins to do that, all of a sudden it changes how you interact with other people. Because it says here, so in verse 25, So, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, and let us not become conceited. First of all, don't get full of ourselves. And then provoking and envying each other. We're not constantly battling one another. Do you know some people that they're not happy unless they're in a brawl of some kind? They go from one crisis to another, from one brawl to another, from one drama case to another drama case, and they feel that's their spiritual gift. To be a drama king or a drama queen. And I don't know how they do it because I sure don't have the energy. I don't know about you. And in doing that, you're battling people all the time. What does the Bible say? That our battle is not against what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. A spiritual realm that we can't even see is always at work trying to destroy you and me. And if he can get you and me to turn our eyes on people, then what happens is we become focused on that and we can't walk in the Spirit. Then all of a sudden, the gratification of the flesh comes in the back door and we're unaware bitterness seeps in and anger and justification for our own sins but when you keep in step with the spirit you have the right attitude toward your brothers and sisters and not just your brothers and sisters but those who don't belong to Christ even those that we might consider our so-called enemies, they still need Jesus. You realize that? They do. And so as we end today, it says here in verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Folks, you can live one of two ways. You can live under the control of your passions and desires. I can live with my passions and desires leading me and guiding me. Or I can choose to live by the Holy Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit, being filled with the fruit of the Spirit. And it's my choice. But what I have to do is I have to lay myself at the altar of Jesus Christ and crucify the flesh. And when we do so, 
We crucify those passions and desires and we put them in line with what Jesus has for us. And I'll say this too. He will give you His passion, His desire, which will become your passion, your desire to live and make a difference and reach others and be the light in the midst of the darkness. So we have a choice. We can either keep in step with the Spirit or we can keep in step with our passions and desires. It's as simple as that. So, Pastor, can you give us some marriage advice? Yes, I just gave it to you. It's Penny and I. What day is it going to be, Penny? I know the date, the 22nd. What day is that? Is that next Saturday, Sunday? This Friday? Whew, I'm glad I knew that. <laughs> we'll be married 39 years. Thank you. <laughs> Thirty-nine years. Where did it all go, right? And um, it hasn't been always easy. It's been hard. It's been difficult. But it's been glorious. It's been amazing. And we find ourselves at a time in life now where we have each other. Our kids are grown. We have grandkids now. It's funny because when my daughter and my son come and they walk through the door I, I'm, I look around and they're like why are you looking around me and I'm like I'm looking for the grandbabies well they're not here I said well, why are you here <laughs> what, what, what perp you spent way too much time here <laughs> you know <laughs> but we learned years ago <clears throat> That we could, we could live our marriage based on our passions and desires and we would constantly be, we would be conceited, we would be provoking one another, we would be constantly in turmoil with each other. Or we could crucify the desires of our flesh and put that at the altar of Jesus and then serve one another so we could build a life together. And we don't have a perfect marriage. I walked into Miss Penny's class to get her Wednesday night she had to come to a meeting and she was a little late and I walked in there and my eyes got big because it was full of ladies and they said oh pastor we're talking about you and Miss Penny having intense fellowship in other words <laughs> that's the Christian version of getting in a fight okay and I just went like that like that um, I don't even watch this stuff but I think it's called the Simpsons or something I've seen it in memes or something where I just wanted to go back into the bushes I'm out Um, and uh, intense fellowship. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Christians come up with all kinds of ways to try to make sin not look bad. Intense fellowship. Yeah, it means you're having a sinful fight, okay? But um, as we began to employ this keep in step with the Spirit principle, it changed us from the inside. And life is a lot, lot better without a lot of intense fellowship. 
And in the same way, when you choose not to gratify the desires and the passions of the flesh, and you go the direction of letting the Holy Spirit produce fruit in you, you can have strong and healthy relationships going forward. So let's keep in step with the Spirit, people. Let's stand together. Let's bow in an attitude of prayer as we pray for just a moment. Father, we, uh, we're grateful for this day of worship that we've had. For your word that tells us emphatically that if we will commit to the Spirit, your way, the Holy Spirit's way, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We all need it. And when we fail, may we know that we have a forgiving and loving God. And He will lift us up so that we can be stronger for Him. Now folks, if God's spoken to your heart about anything, about <clears throat> giving your heart life to Christ, um, We'll give you that opportunity here this morning. You can come forward here in just a moment. God's dealing with you about, oh man, I've been, well, I've been following my passions, my sinful passions, or my sinful desires more than crucifying the flesh at the altar of the cross. Then you have an opportunity to come and pray. Let the Lord lead you this morning in however He leads. You follow. Let's worship and pray together. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.